Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast. And now we can say it proudly sponsored by Ladbrokes. Uh, that was some big news that we dropped at the end of last week. Alongside me, as always, is uh, Bretta. G'day, Corey. Uh, good to be back for another quickfire podcast, and we will keep them quickfire because that's what the people like to have. So before we move on, the uh, third member of the team, welcome, Bonfire. Choo-choo! That's right, Bretta. Bombs Express is back, and uh, today we are reviewing the uh, Geelong Cats and uh, the Greater Western Sydney Giants uh, here today. But before we uh, review those uh, teams and get stuck into some conversation, Corey, where, the li- where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, on Twitter, at SC Elite. You can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and also SoundCloud, at Supercoach Elites. Uh, Bretta, is it just me, or does Bombs Toots get a little bit quieter as each podcast rolls on? They do get a little bit quieter, but I think that's for the better, to be honest, Corey. I'm not going to stop him in his tracks, and uh, the fact right. you brought it up actually worries right. me, because he might get a bit okay. carried away in the next one. Right. Wait till Thursday, boys. Wait till oh, Thursday. Here we go. Here right. we go. Boys, we're starting with Geelong and the Giants today, and I know that that's not alphabetically how it should be going. Um, but do blame the ladder that I looked at the other day when I posted the teams <laughs> that we were going to be doing next, where it had them as the Giants and not Greater West Sydney. So that's what we're rolling with. And as the terms of keeping a quick fire, let's start with the rookies. Straight across to you, Bonfire. Well, we have got uh, Tim Kelly here sitting as a rookie. This is someone I, I think I've mentioned already, uh, sitting in my team at the moment, um, and actually one of the first ones I uh, picked in terms of rookies to start the year. So Tim Kelly went at pick number 24 in the preseason. He's a mature age player. Um, I think he's 23 years of age, and uh, he was in the waffle last year. Now, he averaged 26 and a bit touches in the waffle last year um, from 23 games. Um, averaged 3.8 tackles and 1.1 goals. Now, what I really, really like about Tim Kelly is not only does he have extreme pace, but um, 51% of uh, his possessions last year were contested as well. So, um, you know, that's probably around 14 touches a game were contested based on that 26 average. Um, Also averaged just over two and a half clearances and a kicking efficiency of nearly 67% as well. So, all these stats kind of like line up, and the word is that uh, you know he will be given a run uh, quite early in the year. So I'm all aboard the uh, Tim Kelly train right now. Yeah, the boys down at Geelong have had massive raps for him in the preseason, so that he's training really, really well. Um, and it is that pace. It's that pace that Geelong kind of almost lack a little bit. Losing Darcy Lang wasn't easy for them as well. So he'll come in there. He'll be electric quick and I expect him to see not to kind of average you know those high contested numbers that he did in the waffle but definitely um, being used on the outside and and you'll see him running up and down the wing at some stage through this year if not a, if not round one uh, Bretta who is yours uh, Tim Kelly's mine too he's quite a large kid as well he's not a kid he's 23 years old as Bonfa said he's uh, just on six foot so um he's not your tiny little pace merchant that just runs around sort of nips around people's ankles he's actually got a bit of size to him and as he is that older body and for them to use pick 24 on a guy who's 23 years old they obviously think he's ready to play now because you're not going to sit him in your system for four years and hope that he develops into something so tim kelly hopefully plays around one and uh, could be a nice option for us jump across to our mid pricer uh bombs we'll start with you uh i'm going to give you uh i guess the little bit of the, the hype player, I think, from Geelong, uh, from the mid-prices. I'm going to give you Zach Smith. Um, now, it's probably not even allowed because uh, we did say mid-prices cannot break the uh, $500,000 barrier, but he's 501000 so I'm hoping you boys can be compassionate enough and, and lend me that $1,000 uh, if you can. 
Oh, cheers, mate. So he's um, so his averages in the, in the last several years. So he had ninety one average last year, which like, I, I couldn't even believe that when I saw that. Uh, to be quite fair, um, and he's just hovered mid seventies uh, in all years before that, pretty much with seventy six, seventy eight, seventy six, and seventy six in all years before that. But what I really like here is from round sixteen onwards last year. These are his scores. Now tell me, boys, would you take these scores from a ruckman? 109, 83, 66, 133, 119, 80, 103, 103. Yeah, they're solid scores. numbers. Yeah, it's pretty nice. They're, they're some solid scores. Now, that is from round 16 uh, onwards last year. And, and I mean, that 501,000, uh, if Nadine doesn't pull up, um, you know, what's Nadine Nui? I can't remember. I think we only have to whack about 50 on Nadine or something like that. Um, for our Zach Smith. So he could be someone that could become really relevant depending on what happens with Nick Nat to start the year, I think. Chances of him finishing as a top two Ruckman? Zero percent. <laughs> I just don't yeah, I don't see him uh, going to that level, um, but I certainly see him as a value pick. Um, yeah, I guess at this stage. Can you see him finishing top two? I can't see him finishing top two, but if we think back to last year... Uh, we completely wrote off Toby Dan Curvis and we completely wrote off Sandalands and a lot of the teams early looked really good. We actually got the Sandalands one right. We said we'd break down halfway through the year. It wouldn't make enough money to be able to go straight through the number one Ruckman, but the Nan Curvis one we got wrong. And I know Nan Curvis is a good hundred, two hundred thousand dollars cheaper last year, but Zach Smith's that same mold where we just do not think he is capable of holding down a number one ruck spot for a long period of time. And again, could prove us wrong. Again, I think it's highly doubtful. I think Reece Stanley would definitely be running through that team and spend a lot of ruck time in there. I don't think Ablett's impact makes that much of a difference. I mean, they're already a really good contested team, already really good at hitting the ball out. Um, that's that's the talking anyway. point, that he gives him an extra 10 so, points, but do you see it? I, no, I don't see that at all. I mean, Zach yeah, Smith, neither. He's, he's not a bad ruckman. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think... he's not. For me, he's not undervalued. I mean, Max Gorn's two grand cheaper, uh, two grand more expensive. Um, there's a lot of players around him that, like, I'd prefer. Who would you rather run? Um, Freaking Zach Smith playing with Stanley or Sanderland? I mean, Sanderland, Goldstein, like in there with Bruce. Like, for me, I'd probably rather run Goldstein than I would Zach Smith. Um, oh, Goldstein yeah. was awful last year. Pardon? Oh, I don't. Well, think I think it's a lot closer. I don't, I don't think Stanley's playing. That's that's my, that's my uh, that's my argument. And let me tell you, if Stanley doesn't play now, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something, right? Um, now, if we look at the AFL player ratings that get released by uh, my boys' uh, champion data, right? Um, he averages thirteen point nine player rating points, which ranks him as the fifth best ruckman with Stanley in the team. When Stanley is out of the team, believe this or not, but by those you know those player rankings yeah, I do yeah, on the yeah, AFL yeah. website. He's actually ranked as the second best ruckman behind Paddy Ryder on last year's form, um, without Reece Stanley in the team. And I, I just think it's huge. I, I I don't think they can play Stanley and Smith and you know Blitzarves and all the rest of those you know tall players that they kind of have. I just I just don't see him doing it. I think they're going with one, and I think Zach Smith. Uh, you know, I, I think he's the one that that they'll see as the as being number one. He also averaged, um, I think it was over eight hitouts to advantage uh, a game last year as well, which is immediately, what is it, about five points if we don't consider scaling involved in that. That's already 40 points or so done. The other thing is, I mean, I know I'm kind of almost fence-sitting here. I'm, I'm not going to pick him, but 
he's coming into his prime as a ruckman too. He's you know that twenty. He's turning twenty eight this year. Am I correct? Well, I wouldn't know. He debuted in twenty ten, didn't he? Yeah, I he think yes. I think he's turning yeah twenty eight, twenty nine this year. You know, really filling out that body, becoming a bigger, stronger presence around the ground. I wouldn't be surprised if he became an awesome pick. That wouldn't shock me at all. But for me, I'm just passing on it. Uh, I think, I think the risk versus reward early, it's it's definitely in there. Um, look, if you get it right, you're a genius. If you get it wrong, you know, are you actually that far behind? Because you could almost just sideways trade him to another ruckman around the price. So you could definitely go a, a, a lot worse. Any of you considering starting with him? Yeah, like he's on the short list um, as a replacement for Nadanui. Don't you have yeah, Paddy Rodder at the moment? That's what I look, mate. My, I'll tell you what, my my team changes quite frequently, um, but no, I didn't I, you tell us yeah. in the second podcast that your team was set and done? <laughs> yeah, you knew yeah, what was yeah, going I mean, on, and there was no. no, no doubts. I mean, in terms of rookies, yeah, in terms of rookies, mate, my team is done, mate. I know what I'm doing with the rookies here. Don't you worry about that. I don't need the round one lineup. Backtrack on your words. Backtrack bonfire. Backtrack bonfire. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna run with the the Zach Smith um, talk as well because that is really the only one worth talking about. I don't like any of the Geelong mid prices. Zach Tui was mine. Uh, oh, do you really want to run Zach Tui? I'm not going to run with him, but he's the yeah. mid-price for Geelong. I didn't, I didn't mind. He surprisingly went under the radar all year last year. Um, kind of would have been the same thing, but he's the ball user off half-back. I think Carlton would love a player like Zach Tui back now with um, Dockers yeah, getting Dockers. injured. But yeah, I, I'm massive on Zach Tui. I think all the rebound ball comes through him. He's an excellent kick. He's a runner off half-back. You don't have to worry about you know him going anywhere like with his midfield minutes or anything. His possession is, position is set and locked in. So uh, Zach Tui was mine. Not picking him. Pretty pricey at four eighty four k. But yeah. And he had he had the back line to himself last. He had that exact same setup. It was all him. And um, he's still only average eighty eight. But one thing that's cool about Zach Tui is six years in a row he's played twenty two games. So plays a lot of footy. Pretty handy stat. All right, mm. the premium. Must be spoken about. Patrick Dangerfield. Patrick Dangerfield, don't think it twice. Absolutely. Have any of you considered not picking him as of yet? No, won't happen. No. 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 What would you say to the people out there? And just remember not to be over controversial. (laughs) For those out there who are thinking about not picking Patrick Dangerfield. I might have to run my speech past my lawyers, I think, first. <laughs> might be, yeah, anyway, I'm getting through this one unscathed. But anyone considering not starting with Patrick Dangerfield is automatically not in the running for the major prize. I think that's a politically correct way to sort of put it, don't you reckon, boys? Could have made that your big outlandish statement, but too bad. Yeah, it's nah. said it. Uh, you just pick him, don't think twice. It's the first guy on the team sheet. Same for me. But that's going to bring me, uh, before we cut out on Geelong, Ablett and Menengola. They're two players that I want to speak about. The Gary Ablett effect. Bonds, you did say you think he'll be the second highest averaging midfielder, yeah. but we all worry about how many games he's going to play. And that's, Pros and, that's, and cons for selecting Ablett and why or why you wouldn't do it. His name, is Gary, his name is Gary Ablett. Um, I don't think, you actually don't even need to say anything else. Aside from like his name's Gary Ablett, like just genuinely is the goat. Um, look, the the con is obviously um, his durability, 
49 out of the last four, 88 games uh, in the last four years. Now, that is quite poor. But the bloke wins best and fairest of 14-game years, doesn't he? He's just... <laughs> he is someone now I genuinely think... Now, people are talking about forward role. Gary Ablett is not playing forward pocket, right? He may rest there, but he's there to play through the midfield. And I think, you know, if I can, if I can think of a positive, it's more that Gary Ablett, he'll be back at Geelong... He'll be more motivated, and I think he, he wants to go, and I think he wants to win a flag uh, for this team. And I think he's going to do everything within his power um, to make sure that that happens. And this bloke being in the guts is going to be a key contributor to how that happens. Let me run you through his averages from 2008. Now, do you guys realise that 2008 is a decade ago? Right? 111, 118, 119... 112, 124, 114, 119. Uh, he averaged 94 off six games uh, with Gold Coast back in 2015, but we can few injured ones in there. Um, but then 101, and then back up to 118 last year. Do you guys know that last year, right, was his third, his equal third highest averaging year for Supercoach? Did you know that? No idea, but how many games well, has he played over the last couple of seasons? You got that? Well, yeah, no, I just said that before, didn't I? 49 out of 88. Um, but I think a lot of that was, you know, around travel. People are going to say, yes, I, th- I think he's going to play 20 games. I can see him playing 20 games, um, and I can see him averaging, you know, in the 120s. Um, and I, and I'll maybe I'll, I'll wait before I say something else uh, in relation to my outlandish, outlandish statement. But there is no way I see Gary Ablett averaging under 115. But the con is, obviously whether or not his body's going to be right, and uh, you just kind of have to make a, a judgment call on that yourself. Mate, if, if I could sit here and comfortably say that he'd play more than 20 games, I'd probably pick him in my starting team, but I don't think he will. Yeah. Brett? I think he's playing 20. I think he averages monster numbers. I think he plays probably 17 games, and yeah. um, I think he's a perfect one to bring on in the back end of the year. If he's starting to look nice, you've got seven, and you can bring him home. That. I wouldn't be bringing him in the you back think he gets rested? 100%. Yeah, I know, but like, and that's where my worry is. I'd rather start him. Um, I think, or if you're going to bring, bring him in the back end of the year, and this has to be a very trade friendly season to be able to do this. Yeah, that's run, the to catch. Run ten deep, or, or what is it, nine deep in the midfield, mm. and have someone there, even if you you know pick him up on the bottom bottoming out. God, can't get my words out. At least have someone there that's going to be back up for him. You know, yeah, like a Hannah's or a Rockcliffe yeah, last like, yeah, yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect example. So that would be the only way I would go about that. Uh, Bomfer, your outlandish statement. Oh, hang on. No, I just want to talk All about right. Menangola. Anyone, any yeah. chance of even looking at Menangola? Bomps? No, no, no way. He is, this is someone that, you know, there's a few people out there that I've seen talking, you know, Menangola, I'm picking him up, you know, he's going to be unique. He's going to be a flop. He's going to be an absolute flop this year. I, I think he's got really poor kicking skills to start with. Um, countless games uh, I kind of seen last year where I just saw him turn over balls uh, kind of left, right, and centre. Um, his clearance numbers last year weren't even that good. He only averaged two and a half a game. Sure, he was accumulating the ball through certain periods, but, I mean, he was accumulating the ball when there was only you know, one of um, Dangerfield or Selwood in the team. Um, when both of them played, his numbers were incredibly poor. I, I just do not like the pick at all. You add Gary Ablett in there um, as well now. Um, he is just running off limited midfield minutes, and that is going to be the, the single biggest flop pick um, in the forward line this year, I think. I'm the same. Brett? 
Yeah, I'm the same. I picked him up at the back end of last year when they had all those injuries and he was like the number two midfielder and that's the reason you can't pick him this year is just not for lack of ability to win the ball, it's the lack of opportunities and the lack of playing time through the midfield. Like When they look at saying Ablett's coming in that'll hurt Dangerfield, it won't hurt Dangerfield. It'll hurt the guys who lose minutes. Dangerfield's not going to lose minutes in the midfield. The guys who'll lose minutes might be your Mitch Duncan maybe to a small degree, but it'll be the ones, your Menegola, your, maybe your Nakia Cockatoo, the ones who won't get a run through the middle. Yeah, and I'm a big no for Menegola as well. Bombs, your outlandish statement. My outlandish statement, all right, here it is. Gary Ablett will win or will carry Geelong to a premiership this year, will average his highest super coach numbers ever, and will win the Brownlow medal. Nice. I hope you've backed him then. Bretta, gamble responsibly. <laughs> and only bet with Ladbrokes. Bretta. Menegola to average under 75. Oh, you cockhead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Menegola to not finish the top 15 forwards. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Put it both out there. I will run with both of those. That's fine. Done. All right, boys. That's enough for Geelong because they've taken up so much of our time. Uh, we're going to the Giants. Um, the Greater West Sydney Giants. But with the word greater West, we've put an A in front of them. Um, yeah. So your rookies, we started across to you this time, Bretta. Brett? Bretta, Bretta, you there, mate? We've lost him. <laughs> Bretta's like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll kick us off then, Corey. Um, I'm going to go with Isaac Cumming. Um, now, I've heard, I've heard his name being brought up quite uh, frequently, um, just in relation to that half-back role. Now, don't... You know, I don't specifically think he's going to get that half-back role, um, you know, through Wilson and uh, what's the other fellow's name that's gone down injured? Um, Williams, isn't the two Ws. Um, so I don't necessarily see him getting a lot of a lot of a role um, through the half-back line. But I certainly think that at least at some stage this year, we're gonna we're actually going to see him on the field. Um, and I'm quite optimistic uh, just having a look at, I guess, his numbers. Um, but look, he was a pick 20 um, back in 2016. Um and he is yet to debut. But in the in the Neafil last year, now I'm pretty sure that, you know, looking through the team sheets as I extensively do, that I did see him listed as emergency a few times. But I have like, and I know that Neafil numbers can be boosted a little bit, you know, just because of the level of competition. But, you know, he did average uh, 21 and a half touches. Uh, only 32% of them were contested. Um, but he did have, he, he was going at over five marks a game. And the one that really, really impressed me was he uh, his disposal efficiency was 76.5%. That is huge. And uh, this bloke, uh, in his under-18 year, his disposal efficiency there was sitting at over 78% as well. So this is a bloke who can certainly use the ball. And uh, given the opportunity at 123K, I'm willing to take the punt with him, uh, yeah, to to go forward this year as as the GWS rookie. I knew he... Well, actually, I was going to say, I was really hoping that someone spoke about this because I had his name down there. Uh, Did want to talk about someone else, excuse me. Uh, I think that he probably has the most upside to anyone to break into that team early as well, um, mm. especially if you slot him for that Williams role. So I think that that'll probably be he'll probably be the one that they'll look to do that. I went Aiden Bonner um, because I loved his uh, the football under 18s and everything leading up to the season. Um, the the dual knee injury, the kid's very very resilient. 
Um, and he's been able to come back from two knees already. So the, the thing with Bonner is I, I cannot see him starting early, so do, definitely do not pick him now. Um, but for me, Bonner is definitely one of those ones early on in the year that I think will be really, really great. Uh, have I got you that back there, Brenner? We do. I am oh, back in business. Thank you. There we go. Um, your GWS rookie. Uh, have we spoken about Isaac coming? Yep. Yep. But go. Yep. Give so us that's your the one. Two cents on them. Yeah, that's the one. Well, it's just a matter of um, chance to play, I guess. With Zach Williams being injured, Nathan Williams getting moved, um, he sure is going to see a lot of the ball, but he will need help. And I think Cummings, a guy who is capable of really using the ball off the halfback flank, deep in the back line, and. Yeah, I think at some stage he gets an opportunity, but I won't say too much just in case I'm running over things you guys are run over. Ah, well, it's Bonfers, man, so, you know, the conversation would have gone on for about 45 minutes anyway. So. Yeah, that's, right. that's good, so uh, I didn't really miss anything. Brett, uh, your mid-pricer. Um, Stephen, Stephen or Stefan Caniglio, um, I think he's one I will almost certainly be starting, and I think every team should probably start with either Caniglio or Paddy Cripps. I think that's the two midfielders who offer the best value in that bracket and allow you to do a lot of flexible things with your team. Um, Caniglio is a star. That midfield doesn't run insanely deep like it used to. They've moved on Trelaw. They've moved on a few others. And um, he had a really nice back end of the year last year. I think he had um, a couple scores in the hundreds and a couple scores in the low 90s just to finish off the year when he came back from injury. 452000 I think that's insanely good value for a guy who averaged 106 a couple of years ago. Coming into the prime years of his career, I think he's more than capable of averaging those numbers or better. And I think he is a guy who will be a top 10 midfielder at, at, if everything goes to plan. Um, that top eight might be a little bit tricky to break into. And I know Bonfa and I think you too, Corey, are very big on don't pick players uh, unless they're going to make your top eight midfielders into the season. Yes. Yeah. But there is also the price value that comes into account with that mm. as well. Um, yeah. Have you got both Kingley and Cripps? No, just running Caniglio. Bonds, have you got either? Bonds has neither. And I have both. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a, a very telling stat. Mine's the same. I mean, I would have loved to have spoken about he, sure. Uh, but for me, Kinnigs is the one in my team. And I think he offers the greatest upside. I have had a play around. I've taken him. He's probably almost my first cold every single time I, I do something with my team. Um, and I didn't have him, but the only reason I do have him right now is because I uh, knocked in Cruiser over um, Natanui at the moment. So I had to go Pendles down to Kinnigs. Um So that was kind of where I'm at. He may not start in my team. He may. But I think he offers huge value. And, and the reason I do love Caniglio is because he plays almost the reverse tag role. He'll pick the opponent's best ball winner. He'll go to them, and he's not your annoying tagger that'll sit there and pinch you and hit you and all, you know, stop you from getting the ball. He'll challenge you, and he'll take you on head-to-head, and he'll rack up 30, 32, 35, 40 possessions. Um, and he's really great at that. I mean, Kelly, Kelly is that smooth, I'll use the ball um, kind of midfielder who's always going to have, you know, he's around the 30-possession mark. Dylan Shield is your running gun, break the line, could be the best midfielder in the competition if he really wanted to um, put the ball down your throat. But Caniglia is the ball winner, and that's what I love. Anyone that's touching the ball that that many times a game, I think, has huge upside, and I think is very, very underpriced. Would it surprise you to know that Caniglia, with his possessions last year, only had or only thirty-eight point nine percent of them were contested? Would that surprise you? Yeah. Not last year. Not last year. The way he came back. Have you got stats for the but, year before there? Yeah, the year before, 39.6 contested possessions as well. But I think what, what 
plays a big factor in that is the fact that GWS do play quite a loose, free, free, uh, flowing yeah. game style as well. So probably need to be uh, a little bit mindful to that. But I also like the Canelio pick as well. I think there's absolutely no, nothing wrong with it, and would certainly encourage uh, everyone to to sort of go for it if if they wanted a, a mid pricer. As um, uh, Breda kind of said before, though, unless I unless I believe they're going to be sort of top eight uh, in this case, Canelio, um, I'm probably going to just stay away from it and find an extra. 100, 150,000 and, and just put it and go right to the top. Um, but but he wasn't my mid, my uh, breakout. Uh, am I able to go through my breakout now? Or oh, you want a bit more? If you please. Yeah. I think we could my, stop you if we really wanted my, to. Uh, either, to well, you know what? When a freight train's going, you can't stop. That's just, that's just <laughs> fact of life, boys. That is fact of life. Um, now, look, I know what you guys are thinking. Bonce is going to whip out Heath Shaw. I know what you guys are thinking. Maybe he'll go Canelio. But you know what? Bonce isn't as vanilla as you guys. Bonds digs deep, and he finds some real gems. This is someone now entering his... Uh, actually, I don't even know what he's entering, but um, certainly he's someone who I thought... You know, I had a little, just a little look at him last year thinking he could break out, and I think with um, you know, what's going on that back line... That. I know who Yeah, say. Who, who am I, I going to say, brother? Is it Rory Love? No, it is not. But oh. I'm looking at Nick... Haynes, uh, interestingly enough, 416,000, average 17.5 touches, 3.5 rebounds, 6 marks a game. What I like about this bloke is he doesn't lose one-on-one contests. And um, from my memory, and uh, you're really going to test my memory here, but I'm pretty sure that he's the third best defender um, in terms of winning one-on-one contests. And uh, when we look at one-on-one contests, when we think about intercept possessions and intercept marks and all that sort of stuff, this is someone who I really feel um, can really bump up their average um, based on last year, and, and it would not surprise me to see this bloke average, you know, anywhere between say eighty-three to eighty-seven uh, kind of mark. And at four hundred and sixteen thousand, um, he's certainly someone who would old who, if someone was looking for someone at that price in the back line, he's someone I would certainly give the uh, bomb stick of approval to. Not bad. I'm definitely not starting, but don't mind it, Brett. We going to do our primos? Yes. Oh, or are we going to give, give a little more talk about Haynes? Done. Okay. Really don't like the really don't like the pick. I think Bonf is reaching a little bit, and I don't like the pick at all. Primos, start with you, brother. Um, I think you boys will run with the other one. So the one I'm going to go with is Toby Green. I think um, he's due for a, he's he's monster year. I think this could be the one. I know everyone's going to say he can't stop whacking blokes, and that's a serious problem, but. I think he's going to be a top two forward this year. I think he's going to play over 20 games. Fitness isn't a problem. No Devin Smith. Um, he'll get him a few more midfield minutes this year at times. And he's an absolute superstar of the comp. I don't think people rate him highly enough. And, yeah, I think he is. I think there's another guy out there that we'll probably get a mention who's a better footballer and will score more points. But I think because Toby Green's a forward, he's a more valuable pick. 100% agree. Um, I... I I find it very hard to envision a circumstance where I don't start with Toby Green this year. Who's your primo? Was it Toby Green? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah, mine was too, Breda. So. Okay. There goes your Cali thoughts. I mean, I really. Yep. He's an elite player. Um, but right now, up forward, I just think Toby Green offers the best value for the GWS Giants. I think he's underpriced. Um, and look, I don't. I feel like I said this on previous podcasts. Those who keep saying that you can't pick him because he's going to hit someone are just looking for the easiest cop out ever. I mean, the guy's elite. He's he's and I've said this too. The best pound for pound like position player I reckon there is in the AFL. 
He is Whoa. just class. As a small forward, um, I don't think there's much better than him. And I really love Toby Green's game. I love his aggression. I love the way he plays. Yeah, he can lose his temper sometimes, but I just think it's points there. And if I don't start with him, he'll probably be my first upgrade target. But I, I'm going to find it really hard not to start with him. I love a fiery right. player as well. Yeah. So, oh, how, how about this? I think the two that everyone are talking about in that bracket are Green and Billings. If we're starting the first round right now. Both are fit. Both are playing. You can only pick one. Who do you take? <laughs> Billings. Yeah, Billings, actually. Yeah, see, I'll take, I still take Green. I'm still sold on Green. The the one I'm, I'm flipping between is Green and Heaney. So if yes, I only run two okay. Okay. I'm flipping between Green and Heaney. And then I know right. both are going to be upgrade targets. And right now, the one the one mm. thing that almost has Green winning it is the fact that Heaney's only just gotten back to the park. So, mm. yeah. I think we'll see a lot of teams running both, I think, round one. As in Green oh, and Billings. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think there'll be a few that drop off Heaney as the season gets closer. Yeah. And I reckon we're going to see a lot with all three. I would love yeah. to have all three. Right now, I just can't feel Same. Um, that's how I first picked my team when it, when, it, when it first opened up. That's what I did. Green, Billings, he went all three of them. Now I've started to restructure around rookies and all that sort of crap. Just that pick Dangerfield first, but yeah, pick Dangerfield first. We're, we're talking about the forward line here, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> statement, Preda. Giglio will average seven to ten more points than Scott Pendlebury this year. Whew. Where's his hate for Scott? This is just so I absolutely love you know Scott Penelope. You know wasn't professional. That's my favourite player in the, in the comp, but I just think of us ripping on him about his Collingwood team. Um, yeah, that he's really trying to just beat us down. Yeah. As you know, we know he has Daniel Wells and Jordan to go in his side right now. So. Yeah, and he'll probably compliment him at Pendlebury at some stage. Yeah. Um. Bonds. Rory Lobb to make the uh, squad for the All Australian or the All Australian squad. Yeah, I really like that. Damn. No, I like that. Uh, Toby Green to play all twenty-two games and not get reported. That's one of the most outlandish statements we've had so far on these podcasts. I love, I love that one. <laughs> Wait, let's uh, go. We'll move across to some questions for both teams because I missed them at the start. Uh, JT at Jester at Five Jester. Apologies. Most likely to replace Williams. I think that's well, hard. I mean, the talk is Delidio, you know, and Griffin might swing down there. You know, Shaw playing more of a prominent role. I think we're going to see new blood. I think Will Setterfield hasn't um, come or hasn't played a lot of footy as well. He's about 200,000. He might slot into a halfback role as sort of a youngish midfielder, maybe just trying to learn, you know, from a halfback flank before he gets in, injected into the midfield. It's a, it's a really tough call. And, um, you know, I just I don't have a conclusive answer for you, mate. I say he's sure. I know it's. I think Zach Williams went to the number one spot, and I think it's kind of a weird answer. But I just think he sure gets more bulk of the ball, and I think the the number one role goes back to him. I guess even though he's a bit older, they're just still going to put the ball in his hands. Yeah, I don't mind coming either, coming back in and playing off halfback or something. But I don't think he'll have the bulk points that Williams had. Um, same, Jester again. Do we get Baz, Gaz back in? Oh yeah. I'll say no, even though he's going to average 130 over the first five rounds. And yeah, have people wait. jumping on me. Um, Riley Payne at Riley underscore Payne. Thoughts on start lob if Dawson Simpson isn't picked round one. Bons. 
Oh, it's, it's uh, Dawson Simpson won't. Uh, I think Lob, yeah. I think Lob's your, your kind of like your forward mid pricer. That's probably the only one that's tempted me in, in the in the forward line. Um, at, or certainly at his price point. If he was a ruck, I said this in uh, one of the other podcasts, but if Rory Lob was a ruck, I'd be starting him over Natanui. Same. Yeah. He'd be my ruck too. I'm massive on Lob. I'm not starting him, but I don't blame him if you really, really want him. I think we what do you think he realistically averages? Mid-80s. I reckon, did you say mid-80s? Mid-80s, yeah. Nah, see, I'm going 90. Is, is he not the number one ruck all year, though? Do you yeah, reckon? Like, he is, and I'm going yeah. 90, 95. I, just, yeah. think, yeah, I just, just think that with that midfield there, and you've seen what he'd done at the back end of the season when he was solo ruck, I just think he's got got more upside than mid-80s. He averaged like 72 as like a pinch-hitting third-string forward last year. Like, yeah, but let's not forget... Not he would have taken a lot of marks in the forward line and kicked a fair few snags as well. And so he'll lose those points, but he'll gain points through the midfield. It's whether or not he can do that around the ground. Mm. Uh, it's probably a little bit different to do it in the forward line because when you do it in the forward line, you're, you're snagging a goal straight after it as well. So it's kind of like big points. But, um, you know, if you can only take two or three contested around the ground, you're really dependent on his hitouts then to get you up towards that 95 or whatever it was that Corey was saying. That's why I just scaled him back a bit. I think we're going to see an improvement on his average. I just don't think it's going to be a huge, drastic improvement, like 20 points a game. That's fair. Uh, Roy Hudson, at Hudson underscore Roy. He's combined kind of a question for both podcasts here, but uh, Barlow or Caniglio? You could only choose one. Caniglio? Yeah, Caniglio. Yeah. Yeah. Not the same. Um, heading across the Facebook questions now, Mikey, Mikey B. Bazina, uh, can Zach Smith be top two or three ruckman? We asked one or two before. Anyone see him finishing three or higher? No. No. And then most of the other questions just revolve around, uh, the others. Abel Grant, two, Griffin, Lid, Shaw, all look like value. Anyone interested in any of the old boys? You'd, you'd need to see something from Griffin or Deledio through JLT. But at this moment, no. Yeah, and at, at this stage, Shaw is ahead of the other ones for me. Yeah. But um, I'm yeah. probably not even going to run Shaw. Yeah. All, know for me. all right, guys, that's all we had time for. A quick five podcast went a little bit longer than we first anticipated, but we did have two teams with plenty to talk about. On behalf of the boys at the Elites, thank you for listening and peace out, community.